Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. After saving the Underdark, our heroes are back aboard the SS McSquiggly, figuring out what to do next. But will Juniper be able to determine Bucky's relationship to the Great Collide? Will Quinny come up with a way to save the young dragonborn soul from Manny? Will Billy Fingers sober up or remain a drunken horror? Find out next on Dum Dums and Dragons. Bucky, why, why is there where, a picture where were you before you met Butthole and Quinny and Alan? I lived with my family. And where were they? They're back in the mountains. Um, so that's where they are. What mountains? Just curious. Oh, you know, the, the Blood Mountains. Are the Blood Mountains in this world? Yeah, yeah. I don't think we should go there, though. I, I ran away from home. <laughs> Smash cut back to uh, Butthole. So having um, successfully chatted to Leanne, do you head back to the therapy session? Do you go elsewhere on the ship? I uh, feel like I would go look for Quinny because having bumped into Bucky, I mean, I was still on my like arts and crafts mission, but I am really worried about what the fuck we're going to do about Bucky. Totally. Okay. Just for reference, because uh, this is the first time we've spent an extended period of time on board the McSquiggly. The major areas on the ship, you've got the bridge. There's a gunner's deck, which is basically cannons and large crossbows, that sort of thing. There's the Mage's Lounge, which is in the very bottom of the ship, which is where Mosifus Dirt hangs out. There's the cargo area that you were just in, which is where Leanne's shop is set up. There's the vault, which is where all the Thieves' Guildy stuff gets stored. The Captain's Quarters, where Bryn normally lives, which are at the back of the ship on the top floor. There are the jails where you kept the planteer that Hal and Von Strauss used to hang out at as well as engineering, which kind of makes the propellers that keep the ship going. Uh, and then finally, of course, there is Alan's lab. That's tail end of the ship, it's right? It's tail end of the ship. Yeah, it's, it's very much a shuttle bay on the back of the Enterprise kind of deal. So you can come and go pretty freely to and from that space. And then there's crew berths, obviously, and you each have your own cabin, which is small. It's an airship, so all additional weight is pretty bad. Yeah. The ship has multiple floors. Think of it a little bit like the Normandy in Mass Effect. So there's okay. floors you can move between. Things like Alan's Lab and the jails and the Mage's Lounge are in the bottom. Things like the Captain's Quarters, the bridge up top. Gunner's Deck is kind of in the middle. Quinny, where do you think you would have gone when you got back aboard the ship? I think until I get that collar on to test and make sure that I can sever Manny's connection to me, at least temporarily while it's on, I'm not going to take any more forward action in devising a plan. I'm going to actually probably try to distract myself so I'm not thinking about it, so he doesn't see my thoughts kind of thing. I'll probably be down near the vault, you know, with Thieves Guild people, anyone who's left over who hasn't been dispatched, cataloging like some of our hall. If you guys are dropping anything off, I'll probably add my 1,200 gold or at least some of it to like my account. Great. That's where I'll be trying to just keep busy taking inventory, seeing what else we got going on. So, Butthole, you find Quinny stowing stuff in the vault. I think you kind of observe him without him noticing for a second, and there's something kind of nice in the fact that the guy who used to just steal everyone's shares and hide them under the bed is actively logging them. 
Yeah, when he's upset, he's actually pitching in to help, which is like a really <laughs> pleasant change when you look at his character arc. <laughs> and then I assume you approach him? Yeah, I'll approach him. I actually, for like multiple sessions, have been hanging on to a thousand gold pieces worth of random loot. So I can catalog that in and trade it for cash. So it gives us like an activity where no one's going to be like, what are those two talking about yep, over there? Sure. And I, I just come over and I'm like, hey, man, I got like a thousand gold pieces worth of stuff. We got to like log so I can trade for coin. Okay. Also... We sort of got to talk about what's going on with Bucky. We got to do something. Like, is this something that you know who should be hearing as well? If we just talk about ideas you've had, those are totally fine. I won't talk about anything I'm thinking. Okay. Honestly, I've been trying not to think about it until this caller comes so we can test out severing his connection to me. We got to figure out what we're doing with Bucky because you said it's like contract, right? Yeah. So thing about contracts is the wording is important and those kind of things. But I don't know anything about contracts from hell. Do you? No, I was planning on reaching out to someone. So you, you got like a way to talk to like an expert? Because like I got friends in hell, but I don't know how to talk to them. I was going to do a seance with, uh, have you met Mo Dirt? No, but that name is incredible. Mo Dirt is on the ship. He's a warlock as well. Don't worry, not like me, or at least it seems. Do you know who his true. demon is? He's mostly interested in making drinks. <laughs> this is amazing. Okay, so we can go talk to Mo Dirt. <laughs> we can find out what's going on. I'm thinking if we got it, talk to somebody in hell. There's a super cool demon named Jim Hellbent, and he gets it. Like, that dude does all paperwork. He's, like, super administrative. If hell had an Emily, he's an Emily. And I think okay. if, if we go and we do that, that's probably the smartest. Okay. Should we bring, like, Juniper or, like, Bucky? Does it need magic help? with? I'd like, rather Buck? keep Bucky away. You know what? That was a stupid question. I want to take back that question and just say we should probably bring the paladin, right? You know, even you, a, a cleric and a paladin, unless that's offensive to what we're trying to reach. It wouldn't be with Jim Hellbent. I mean, Hellbent works for Moonhammer. So Did that's... you meet this actual guy? Oh, yeah, yeah. We went through hell with him. We had, like, a talk. There was probably a point where he was almost our enemy, but then he wasn't. And then we, like, got along. Like, he, well, he maybe helped Maybe if you're a familiar face, he's more likely to I literally respond. Work, I work for his boss. We're like co-workers. He works for Moonhammer? You remember that whole area of hell that you were in, that whole ring? Yeah, yeah. That's Moonhammer's now. Because right, you I, yeah, the we, crazy octopus blade lady. And she stayed behind, yeah. And okay. then Moonhammer got really big. And yeah. that's why Moonhammer runs that part of hell. Okay. You know, we got the same boss. We're probably in the same union. If there's a summer softball league, I'm going to be playing with him. So okay. that's the guy to talk to. So let's go Let's go get Juniper whenever she's done. All right. Yeah. Cool. So back to Bucky and Juniper. Bucky, you haven't signed any contract, have you? No. Uh, Mr. Butthole told me not to sign any contracts. Okay. I haven't signed anything. And you don't talk to a demon or anything, do you? Like uh, no, head? no, I don't really talk to anyone except for you guys. So I just kind of like having a revelation to myself that what's happening on the scroll may be showing me a possible future, perhaps, because I saw Bucky growing old into a demon. And if we can prevent that, that means I can prevent anything else happening on the scroll. Mm -hmm. So I, I can stop the Great Clyde. I fucking have to stop it. <laughs> Thanks, Bucky. Uh, you're, you're welcome. What did I do? You were just you. Wonderful, wonderful you. Oh, Thanks. And I just give him a hug. Bucky squeezes you tight. And then I'd knock on the door. And Quinny's not with me because I didn't bring him near Bucky. I told him, like, stay on a different floor. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh, see, it all worked out. Martha's the coolest. Okay, Juniper, we need you. Bucky, don't sign anything. <laughs> and then I just go you down the hallway. You got it, Mr. Vothole. <laughs> so a couple minutes after you leave, someone comes by and knocks on the door and says, uh, hi, uh, Bucky. Hi. I'm so sorry. I'm one of the deck hands. Uh, I just recently swapped in. And listen, I think you're the coolest. Like, I know everyone talks about the other guys, but like, it would really mean the world to me if I could get your autograph and he holds out a picture he's drawn of you. Oh, uh, I'm not supposed to sign anything. I understand. You're probably too big a hero to care about little guys. You probably don't know what that's like. And then he leaves. He leaves? <laughs> Charlie Brown's his way away. Bucky, he, he's going to try and remember that guy. 
Okay. Just the second he's allowed to sign something, he's going to find that guy and, and <laughs> sign the shit out of that uh, autograph. Amazing. So the guy goes back to his hammock where he has pictures of Bucky and other heroes. And he goes, maybe one day. <laughs> and he tacks it up and it goes back to sleep under his hypothetical cart. Okay. So Juniper, Quinny, and Butthole, you are going to go attempt a seance with Mo Dirt. Is that correct? Correct. Quinny, you lead them down into the mage's lounge, which I don't think either of you would have been to. It's just, you know, there's parts on the ship that you just don't bother to go. Mm -hmm. It's like a broom closet. Like, there's really no reason to go in. So you approach the doors. They're spooky in classic Akka way. How do you approach? Do you just, like, boot the door open? What do you do? I'll knock. Hang on a minute. And then you hear him say, like, put your pants on. Put your pants on. (laughs) Put Close enough. Uh, Come in. And I'll open the door. You can see that Mo was deeply engrossed in a novel He's got a cocktail. It's like a fancy one with like a little umbrella and a, a variety of fruit. And there is a tumbler of liquid on the table. Yeah, he says, oh, oh, it's you, Quinny. Come in, come in. I'll, I'll, hang on. I'll tell the great Cornholio you're here. Yeah, no, he's back. He's back. Oh, yes. I'm happy to see him too. Can I pour you a drink? You're here for happy hour. Uh, actually, I'm here to uh, introduce you to a couple of friends of mine, actually. Are they here for happy hour? I don't know. Are you guys up for a drink? I'm never not here for happy hour. Happy hour is a joyful hour. Yeah, see, I, I agree. We uh, gotta help fix Juniper's hangover. Oh, <laughs> I have just the thing. It's booze. <laughs> uh, so he goes about uh, making you drinks. He doesn't bother to ask what you want. Butthole, I think for you, he makes something. It has a lot of celery in it, but it's not a Caesar. It's like a dark liquor that has celery in it for some reason. He knows that I like a drink I can chew. <laughs> Juniper, he stacks three glasses up for you, almost a Russian doll style. Uh-huh. Uh, and then he pops a bottle of something and pours it in. And it pours over the first glass, into the second glass, into the third glass. And then he kind of swirls it all together. He says, and for you. And Quinny, he goes over oh to my. another bottle of extraordinarily old, expensive wine and transforms it into shitty stock ale and then gives it to you. He goes, and I remember your favorite. Oh, thanks. I mean, as long as you're okay with handing it out like that. Oh, of course. All in the service of the great Cornholio. So, what can I do for you? Are you ready for your wink-wink, nudge-nudge, speaky-speaky, ghosties-ghosts? The seance? Yeah, we were pretty well looking forward to doing the, the seance Seance. Right Is that what you call it? I think so. Oh, that's very charming. Wink-wink, demon-demon. Ah, the, you understand. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty much here to talk to Jim Hellband. He's like an old friend. Oh, that sounds fun. Old friends are nice. And he just sighs and looks around this room that clearly no one has visited in quite some time <laughs> other than Quinny yesterday. So he welcomes you in. He basically says that as all good senses are, this is kind of a midnight kind of jam. So you're a couple hours out from midnight. So he says he'll start getting everything prepared. You have a bit more time to kill before then. And is there anything he needs from us as the participants? No, no. He just says, you know, you, you must have uh, clear eyes, clear hearts. You know, just know, know who you want to speak to. He does take Quinny aside and he's like, but uh, we're not talking to, you know, and he mimes a bunch yeah. of faces. No, Jim Hellbent, like the guy said. Okay, good, yeah. good. Just be careful because, you know, it's easy for patrons and demons and such to just kind of hop on the call. So, you oh, know. Oh, well, I mean, that might happen then. I can't guarantee Okay, well, well, don't do that. Thank you for telling me. Yeah, well, you're welcome. I assumed you'd know being a fellow warlock. I came to you asking about this stuff. Of course I don't know. Jeez, someone's testy. He's got both testies, I say, from the other side of the room. Thank you, butthole. You're welcome, testies. 
in the amount of time you've got, Butthole, you think you could probably go check in with Leanne to see if the prototype's ready? Oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, but there's not, like, enough time for, like, everybody go do random things. But I think it's kind of like, uh, yeah, you got an hour, you might as well. Yeah, I got to do something. Cool. So you go back to the cargo deck, and you walk in, and Leanne seems to be shuffling through a crate, looking at the various things inside and shaking her head and kind of muttering to herself. On a tailor's dummy, you can see half of a truly fine dragon wing leather coat. But what's weird is half of it seems to be just fucking flawless. The other half is a little slapdash. Like you were kind of expecting it would be better. Like the arm's a bit janky. The sleeve is a bit too wide. But anyway, it's, it's hanging there. Leanne doesn't seem to notice you arrive. And then I'm like, oh, I kick open the door. And she kind of looks up at you confused and she's like, what are you talking about? It's our bit. Remember, I pretend to kick over the door and oh, then you pretend yes, to shoot I'm me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fuck. Pew, pew, pew. Is that, that, that's how we do it, right? Okay. What's going on? You're having a rough time. I'm sorry. I'm just, I've been trying to catalog some things. I just, I can't quite find what I need. I, I, forgive me. What are you here for? He said to swing by because you might have a prototype of a coat. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. And she looks around uh, and then obviously sees the coat. She's like, ah, oh, yes, yes, th- th- this, the coat. I made it for you. I like parts of it a lot. Uh, and, and I'm like, this part right here, and I point at the good part. I'm like, this is very good. Uh-huh. And this part over here doesn't really seem to just, like, match. Okay, I, I was I was trying something. I was trying a, a different style. I wanted you to see the two possible styles of coat. Well, see, that's very good of you. This is why we have the approvals process, and I love your work. So I, I think I'm leaning more towards the first one. Okay, that, that's what I thought, too. Oh, perfect. Is there any other way, way I can help or just uh, let no, you leave no, me to no, it? No, that, no, that's good. I'll have those done for you. It's going to take me a very long time, though. How long is a very long time if you don't uh, mind I, me asking? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I, I have to sort out this problem first. See, here's where I can help. What's your problem? I can no, help with no, problems. No, 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 no. I have a very specific cataloging system. Don't worry about it. When do you need the codes for? The next time we get off the ship. So I don't know, like a week? Like what's going okay, on? Okay, sure. Week, week is fine. Okay. Do you roll me a perception check? Yeah, I think I'm going to cast some guidance on this one as well, because this is a weird... <laughs> it's a nine. You realize that maybe the only version of Leanne you've ever actually really seen is customer service Leanne. It's like when you, when you meet your favorite bartender and they're not working and they're just like having a day. So you feel a little off foot by her demeanor, but maybe you just don't know this woman as well as you thought you did. So that's the read you get on on all of this. You feel like you're inconveniencing her more than anything else. She seems pretty stressed. Okay, I'll let you work. Just just so you know, I like care about you as a person, and I would help if I could. Thank you. That that's very nice. But no, there's there's nothing you can do for me right now. And then she goes back to looting through the box. Cool. Uh, and then I leave with sort of an ill feeling in your stomach because it's odd that someone isn't your best pal. You make your way back down to the séance, which is all set up. Mojert has arranged everyone around. There's like pillows on the floor and kind of like a little basin. There's like a nice big table in the middle. He's done some elaborate chalk drawings around it. Uh, he's got kind of a candle at each thing, and he gestures butthole for you to join them uh, seated. Well, I go and sit with them. Cool. But I'm distracted. He says, okay, so it's very important that all of you think very hard about who you want to contact. So uh, you've all met this person, correct? I haven't. You haven't. Juniper, okay. I, ra- I raise my hand. I'm a little bit drunk. That, that's okay. That's okay. You're long for the ride. You're here for support. That's great. Right. But Quinny, you've met this person, right? Nope. Shit. Okay. I, I, I've met him. I've met him for a long okay. time. I sincerely hope you're not distracted because really any, anything coming and going in and out of your mind could really disrupt this. Okay, listen, then I think we should talk first. Why doesn't Leanne like me? <laughs> ah, so it's power you seek, is it? 
Well, I, Xanthus of Dum Dums and Dice, am more than happy to provide you with a little bit of that, and it won't cost you anything, unlike that accursed Dum Dums and Dice Patreon. I mean, over there, sure, you can give a dollar to join a Patreon-only Discord and talk to other fans of the shows. You can get ad-free feeds. You can even create names or even an NPC that shows up in the shows. You can even get your name in the closing credits, and all it will cost you is a bit of your, um mortal money. Of course, you could instead make a deal with me, and I could give you power the likes of which you could never even dream of. And of course, the cost is somewhat higher than a few of your mortal dollars, but after all, who doesn't enjoy a good deal? Well, if you do decide that you would rather spend human money than engage in the dark arts with me, you can of course go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, that's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E, or we could make a deal. What? Who's Leanne? She's the one who runs the like cargo thing. She used to run the Lion Shield, and now she's part of our team. And she was making coats for me, and I went down, and the coat was halfway done, and she was not okay, and she wouldn't tell me what's wrong, and she wouldn't let me help, and I don't know how to not be a friend, but she sent me away, and I, I need to be her friend. If she asked you to leave and you left, sounds like you did the friendliest thing when he's like half interested in this on like the cusp of a seance to save his and Bucky's soul. But I was like, I'm sure she's fine, butthole. No, because friends can help other friends feel better because you're happier when your friend's there. And I was a chore, which might mean that I'm not her friend. Butthole, was, was she different than usual? Yeah, she's never been like this before. And I've known her for like four visits. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. And I want to get up and run to Leanne's shop. Quinny's just like Slash like stumble a little bit on the way. You like, like knock over a couple candles and, yeah. and like <laughs> scuff the chalk and Moe's like, oh shit. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, thank God we weren't on, on the connection. Her head would have exploded. Uh, and he starts redrawing it. So Juniper, you stumble run into the hallway. Mm-hmm. You book it back to the cargo. You walk in and Leanne seems to have been tearing through a bunch of boxes. There's a coat on a dummy that looks like it's made of the dragon wings you saw. She seems to have dragged a statue out of one of the boxes and is examining it. Hey, Leanne. Ah, uh, hello. What's the statue? This is, uh, they, they, uh, the Thieves Guild obtained a, a bunch of these, and she gestures to it, and it seems to be like a pretty gruesome-looking gargoyles that have been stripped off the top of a church. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they're very expensive. If anyone finds out they took them, we are in deep trouble, so don't tell anyone. It seems like a heavy thing to bring on an airship. Oh, well, I mean, they, they had to transport them a long distance. Wait, who took it? Oh, the, the thieves, you know. Which ones? You know, the Rikers folks. Bryn's people. All right. I'm sorry. Are you okay? You're the one who seems like you're not okay. No, I've just had a few. Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm just very busy with these statues. What's so important about them? If any of them are damaged, I could get kicked off this ship. I know that you guys like to live large, you hero types. I'm fucked if this goes badly. Okay, but then why do you have it out? Why don't you just keep it boxed up? Can you roll me a perception check, please? Yeah. Nat 20. Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, you see Leanne's eyes dart to the statues, dart back to you. But as someone who spends the majority of their life changing shapes, you recognize very quickly that this isn't Leanne, but something holding the form of Leanne. Mm. And it seems to be cagey. So I'm going to give you one surprise round and then I need you to roll initiative. I want to draw my sword and I'm just going to try to do like kind of like a broadside against oh, like her. The, like the flat side? Yeah. Of the, yeah. Oh, okay. And I'm also going to cast ensnaring strike at the same time so that she will be wrapped in vines if I hit her. Go ahead and roll your attack. 26 to hit. 
That will hit. That's 12. You strike Leanne with the broadside of your blade, and as you do so, vines spring up and surround her form in the classic T-1000 style way. The jaw just kind of slides back in, and you can see Leanne sigh, and she just goes, "Ah, fuck, jigs up, boys, kill her. Roll initiative. Do you want initiative from us? Six. Nope, because you don't know there's a combat happening across the ship. Where the hell is Juniper? She is ruining my seance. Do you know what, though? She's making me feel better, and that's good. And at the end of the day, isn't that what it's all about, butthole? He said it's dangerous if I'm distracted, and I'm the only one who knows the demon. I must say, the window is closing rather soon, so I think we might need to just get on with this. Do you need the paladin for anything? I don't know. Do we? Do we need security? No, no, no. This should just be a simple call. As long as we can get in and get out before the one of many faces realizes what we're doing, we should be fine. Okay, yeah, if, if it's a closing window, I mean, she's drunk and she has to make a friend. That's like what she does. Smash cut back to the room. Juniper, you see to your horror, the statues begin to move and Shit. drop into fighting stances and we begin combat. How many are there? There are six. Six plus oh, Leanne. Uh. There were uh, three that were out and then you see several crates shatter. <laughs> oh, that's fucking awesome. Oh, I was imagining just like three in crates being like, damn, I'm stuck in a crate. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> <laughs> you just hear like banging. Yeah. <laughs> did anyone bring an Allen key? <laughs> it did not occur to me that we would not be able to open these from the inside without an Allen key. Why the hell did we nail these shut? (laughs) But that's not what happens. They're all free. Yeah. Uh, So Leanne glowers at you and then in a puff of dark energy dissipates into a gaseous form and slips out of your vines and falls back behind the gargoyles. What? So that will be her action. And I did yell that. As she rematerializes behind the gargoyles, you can see Leanne's features slump a bit and turn gray. Creature's got long scratches hair still looks like Leanne, but almost like a gross melted candle. Tommy Wiseau Leanne. Yes, yes, Tommy oh. Wiseau Leanne. Yep. <laughs> Didn't need that visual, but there it is. Oh, hi, Antelope. Um, <laughs> that brings us to the gargoyles. I'm going to say the three that were in boxes take their action breaking out of the crates. Okay. So two will rush you, one will stay with Leanne. So they rush in, launch themselves airborne at you with their sweet, sweet wings. And they are going to slash at you with their claws. What's your AC, please? 17, because I don't have my shield out. Okay, so one will hit, one will miss. The third one will hit. So as their claws rake across your armor, you're actually shocked to find that the armor, in the same way that it hardened when hit with a bludgeoning weapon, mm-hmm. almost seems to liquefy as the claws come through. And as ah. a result, you find that you take double damage from their claws. <laughs> So you're going to take 12 points from the first guy and 8 points from the second guy. In your head, you just hear Butthole's voice in the past like, I wouldn't put it on if you don't know what it does. Cool. So that brings us to Juniper. You've just been clawed. You've got three gargoyles slashing and and biting at you. Is the door to Leanne's area still open? Yep. I am going to immediately misty step Mm -hmm. into the hall where I can see and just yell as loud as I can like, Butthole! Quitty, anybody help? Smash cut back to the seance room. Butthole, can you roll me a perception check at disadvantage? Oh, sure. That's a nat one. I'm not even going to roll twice. <laughs> Great. Butthole just finishes pulling sound buffering curtains across the door because, I mean, it's a lounge. Things can get kind of wild down here. So it's like, good, now we'll never hear anything. We don't want to. Exactly. You don't want something interfering with the audio on your phone call. Otherwise, I can't give it the five-star rating when we're done with the seance. So Mo sits you both down, grabs one of each of your hands, mutters a prayer to Cornholio for more trademark powers because Cornholio seeks TP in all forms. 
and he begins to connect you to hell. So, Butthole, how would you think you would channel Jim Hellbent? It's basically a friendship check. I would always fall back on insight because I feel like he just yeah, focuses sure. on his feelings. And, Quinny, can you roll me an Arcana check, please? Three. Sixteen. Quinny, you're trying to help give energy to uh, <laughs> yeah. to Mo, but there's nothing. No, just just I, holding I his hand at this on. point. You just hear clinking on glass in your head. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, tap, tap, in tap, his tap. Hand, That's all. Yep. Butthole, you get a very clear vision of Jim Hellbent in your mind. You can see him sitting at his desk in that like overly brightly lit neon halogen light room. He seems just to be writing, and he looks over at a small picture frame where he has clearly drawn Bucky and Butthole and Alan, and he's like, ah, oh, friends. And then he puts it down and you can tell that he really believed you when you said you'd come back and be friends with him, but he hasn't heard from you since. But as Mo continues to mutter things, you can see him kind of look back at the picture frame. Why would he have touched that just now? That seems odd. And he slowly starts to pull it up and through it, he can see the two of you and Mo. And he's like, oh, you came back. What's up, bruh? Oh, we're, we're, we're bras now. <laughs> I'm a bra. Uh, hey, 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 bra, fellow cool pal. Um, is this the guy? Oh, yeah, this is Jim Hellbent. He's like a good friend and a great dude. Wait, that man was a wanted fugitive. What, what's, what are you doing with him? Yeah, but he got cleared by the queen. Oh. He helped put her on the throne. This dude is like a hero of the ring. Oh, well, hail Moonhammer, my friend. Hey, what's up? Um... <laughs> <laughs> We don't have a lot of time here, and just a quick heads up, the one of many faces may be joining the call soon, and we'll be cutting it at that point. We don't want him to hear this. I need your help with contract law, infernal <gasps> contract law. It's the part I was born to play, baby. What do you need? I have a friend whose soul has been promised to the one of many faces, and I have to get him to sign a contract, and I want to get him out of it. Okay, so what, what do you need specifically on the contract? Honestly, best case scenario, Quinny thinks for a second and says, I want the one of many faces to sign off on the contract, not realizing that he's signing into a completely different agreement. We have one side of it, but it's hooked up from what Quinny's told me to another one in hell. So yes. we've just got the signature copy. Right. We okay. need the original document on your side to be altered. Oh, I can't. I can't do that. Who can? You'd have to track which ring of hell he operates from. You'd have to find his home. How do we do that? I'm intake. My job is to help souls come into hell and make sure they get to the right plane. Look, okay. souls come to your desk. They say one of many faces. Where do you send them? He's not a god. I don't send anyone okay, to. Okay, pause, pause, pause. Quinny, you're getting a little heated here. And J Jimmy's a friend. I like Jim. So Thank you. Jim, you've got a lot of expertise in hell. Yeah. We don't need to tell you how to do your job. No. We want the person who's supposed to be forced to sign this thing to not sign this thing so they're okay. And we need Quinny's, you know, boss to think it's signed and be satisfied. So how do we make that happen? We're like end game oriented. The only way I can think to do that is to swap a different soul out. So similar to how I helped you guys when you arrived. If you could find a different soul to swap in for the person, get them to sign it somehow, then uh, then perhaps when yeah. the second signature is added, the first signatory will be enslaved. So all we need to do is get someone to sign it. So let's say like we find a bad guy who's like attacking us and we like capture them and we make them sign. That'll hold up? As long as the other person also signs it and you can keep the one of many faces from seeing what you've done. Let's call the person who's supposed to sign it a made-up name, Bucky. So we need <laughs> Bucky to sign it, and we need random evil person to also sign it, and then we need Manny to not know. Yes. Okay, so Manny is sort of inside my friend's head. Well, that's a problem. And hears everything that he hears. So he's hearing this right now? You are Most correct. Likely, yeah. Oh, no. 
Oh, no. Well, look, I'll, I'll do what I can on, on my end. You'll have to call me back. I have to have some time to do this. Also, the longer you stay here, the quicker the one of many faces will find me. Honestly, we'll call you back. I've realized it was a mistake having Quinny on this call, yeah. so we won't do that in future. I wanted the caller. <laughs> Mood point. So, Jim, we'll call you back. Very nice work. I'm going to put in a word for you with Moonhammer and just an easy way we can pass stuff back and forth. I've summoned the spiritual hammer hand before and mm -hmm. I've sent messages to hell with that. So if I summon it, it goes from her to me, theoretically. I know I've sent it back that way. Quinny, can you roll me a wisdom saving throw, please? Plus zero, so 19. You can feel your head pulsing and somehow almost with split vision with your demonic sight, you can see kind of a Sam Raimi style ram cam oh, no. rapidly approaching what seems to be a, a massive body of water that's very dark. There seems to be a raft, but across the water, you can see kind of a small building and it seems to be rushing towards that. Do I recognize the building? No, it's nothing you've seen. Quinny, what's going on? Something's happening. I think he's coming here. I don't know. Something's happening. What do you see? I see a building and I'm coming at it really fucking fast. Oh, shit. Jim, can you grab the hammer right now? Hammer, hammer. Uh, hang on. I'll, I'll have to go part of the way up the ladder. Okay, just tell me the moment you got it, Jim. Jim, like, swings around from his desk, and then you just hear the door start pounding behind him. Smash cut back to Juniper. Juniper, you're in a hallway. Mm -hmm. The creatures are not that far behind you. You don't hear any response from anyone. You hear some, kind of some shouts from around the ship, but then all of a sudden you start to hear screams as well, and you hear heavy thumping, and it sounds like things breaking through wood. Oh, no. Which brings us to the top of the round. Leanne does something. You're not in the room, so you don't know what she does. Two of the gargoyles fly through the door after you, so they're going to take two slashing attacks at you each. Jesus Christ. First one hits with both. Second one hits with neither. 15 points of damage from one claw and Thanks. 10 points of damage from the other. Juniper, the two gargoyles are on you. Can I just disengage and run to where Butthole and Quinny are? Yep. Disengage will be your action, though. Yeah, I'm good with that because okay. this is fucked up. So it's probably going to take you two rounds to get to... Oh, that's fine. So you disengage, you shove the gargoyles back, using your sword broadly to shove them back a bit, and then you book it. So you're halfway there. Cut back to the seance. The pounding on the door is getting more and more intense. Queenie, through your double vision, you can see something ramming against the door as you see Jim trying to climb up the ladder. I'm, I'm at a door. It's breaking down. Queenie, you got to fight it, okay? You got to slow this thing down or Jim's going to die. I think I'm just watching. Uh, it doesn't uh, matter. No okay. one can help Bucky. Just fight it. I rolled a two on his athletics check. Jim is not climbing very quickly. How much say do I have? have in this you can try and override control roll me a charisma save eight you try and exert control over this force that's battering the door but as you kind of try and reach out with your mind and your abilities you find huge resistance it seems like touching chaos it's a flurry of thoughts and excitement and desperation and need and oddly, the last thing you hear before the door breaks open is, Veraxivort! And the door explodes, and through the crystal ball ritual thing you're, you're looking through, you can see your old pal Yevgenovich with a knife in each hand leaping onto Jim Hellbent. Yevgenovich, bruh, don't do this, he's a bruh. He repeatedly stabs Jim Hellbent. All for you, Racks of Art! All for you! So Jim Hellbent is going to try and defend himself. Uh, he's a clerk, he's not a, he's not a fighter. Can I ask Mo Dirt to try something? Yeah. Mo Dirt, you need to change the call to someone else. We need to talk to someone else. We need to draw 
Manny's focus. Oh, 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 oh. Somewhere the, else. The Devlingtons. The Devlingtons. I can send help within hell. I need to get to the friggin' Devlingtons. Uh, okay. I mean, this this call seems pretty hairy. We should probably just get... I, I should just cut this. Mo, if you do that, I swear to God I'm going to kill you. You put us in touch with the Devlingtons and we're all going to stay best friends. Roll me a persuasion check or... An, oh, I guess that's an intimidation check, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. That is 21. Okay. You barely beat him. So he goes, oh, fine. I really shouldn't have made you drinks at all, assholes. And then he closes his eyes as you see kind of red mist come out of them. He snaps his fingers and the view shifts and suddenly you're in just like the hell equivalent of a weight room and you see a guy doing solid crunches. <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy, butthole. Hey, hey. Good oh, to- hey, man. Hey, someone's killing Jim Hellbent. I need you to get to that office right now and save him. Jimmy! <laughs> uh, and you see him drop the weight he had. He grabs Slaughter Gore, throws it over one shoulder and then takes off running like a Shinobi. Light on his toes for a large devil man. Yeah. Am I <laughs> Mo, back to back to talk one. Back well, to talk one. Am I seeing anything through my double vision? It's starting to break up. There seems to be a blast of confusion. But as you come back, Jim Hellbent is being stabbed by Berserker Yevgenovich, and he seems to be keeping his arms up and kind of like holding him off a little bit, but he's pretty fucked up. He's been stabbed several times already. Mo, just follow Jeremy for now. Just follow Jeremy Devlington. Cut back to Jeremy, and it's literally like an episode of Dragon Ball Z. He's just like <laughs> running through things. Uh, speaking of running through things, Smash cut back to the hallway. The two gargoyles leap at you again. No! Okay, two hits. That is six points from one and four points from the other. I assume you disengage and take off running again. I was halfway there, right? Yep. I would like to disengage and run and pound on the door. Cool. Uh, I need you to roll me an athletics check, please. Sure. 11. You push them back again. You begin to sprint. And all of a sudden, the wall beside you explodes in a bunch of splinters. What the sh... And you see a crew member being gored by a gargoyle. You attempt to track and field leap over mm-hmm. over the situation. But unfortunately, due to your low roll, you stumble and you are half a distance away from them. Great. That's great. I still have a bonus action though, right? Yep. And I still got a misty step left. Take me 30 feet, get me to that door in a swirl of mist. As you stumble, you kind of fall into a shoulder roll, disapparate and reapparate. As you arrive at the door, you go to pound it. And all of a sudden, there's an explosion that rocks the entire ship. You feel the entire thing begin to keel left. And meanwhile, inside the lounge, you feel things slide. Mo manages to grab the crystal ball before it falls. But some of the candles are falling and the signal starts to fade. You can tell that the ritual has been disrupted. Just quickly, quickly write them or we're all fucked. I go. I have fast hands. I, I go. Roll me a sleight of hand check. Yeah, I'll immediately cast guidance. I guess it's a cantrip, <sighs> sure. so. Rolled a one, so lucky. Eight for sleight of hand. Plus uh, an additional on one. Plus one, so nine. Plus ten, 19. You manage to write mm. the candles and kind of like stick them more firmly yeah, yeah. and the ritual is maintained. So Jim's being brutally assaulted. You hear pounding on the door. Our door? Right, yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's it sound muffled though. So it's like. I yell through the phone call because we're still following Jeremy. And I'm like, Jeremy, how long does it take you to get to that building? Still running across hell. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Uh... <laughs> okay. Jeremy, here's the deal. I know Jim's going to be really hurt, so just put his hand on the spiritual hammer that's in the friggin' roof, bring it down and give it to him. I'm going to summon it and send it back a couple of times, and when I can get him here, I can save his life. Okay, cool, bye. As you cut the call inside the orb, you just see the one of many faces staring at you, and he taps. With that same same tapping tap, sound tap, that tap, I tap. dream about? And then the signal blinks out. And Mo is like, okay, what the fuck? What the fuck was that? He knows we're here now. Mo, Mo, ship sinking. Gotta deal with that first. Uh, and I just go, and I'm like, we all gotta get to the bridge. And I 
pull aside the sound muffling curtain and yank open the door. I'm just curious, what does Manny look like? Just so that we all have a similar visual. We talked a bit about Jude Law in as much as I feel like Jude Law has a very handsomely forgettable face. So the one of many faces... Fucking suck it, Jude Law. (laughs) So his face is constantly shifting, almost like there's frames missing between each sort of iteration of his features. But as soon as you've seen them, you almost immediately forget. His face might as well just be a blank space. So there's always something there, but it's constantly shifting. It can look like different things to different people. In essence, that's what he looks like. But to each of you, he would probably look very different. Gotcha. Yeah. So there you go, fan art. Get on. So you throw open the doors. You see an exhausted Juniper whose armor is fully intact, but appears to be very bloody. And down the hall behind her, you see a bunch of stone gargoyles ripping a man apart and kind of punching through walls. Quinny is in such an emotionally heightened state, coming off of a seance that the one of many faces was directly tapping into. I think he looks different. He turns around this open door with like gargoyles coming down the hall. He has red eyes. He has almost like an aura around him. Maybe little hobbit fangs or halfling. They're hobbit fangs, but on a halfling body. That's right, yeah. And he just says enough. And Frostbrand comes out now called frostbite because of the poison aspect as well so you put your hand out Mm -hmm. uh, and you go to draw it and nothing appears and in your head you hear my gifts are a blessing you have to earn them i told you to bring him to me actions have consequences quinny how do i get to him with these guys in my way that's not my problem it is you've had ample time to get the contract signed you went off on little side adventures so fun then leave me alone and i take out my two daggers great I, I do a very quick prayer in my head because I need to know from Moonhammer whether or not we need to head to engineering if that's what's making things fuck up or whether or not we need to go to the bridge. Engineering is the answer. So I immediately turn to Quinny and I'm like, we got to go to engineering or this ship's going down. And then I just whistle for Goblin Jr. from wherever <laughs> he is on the ship. I'm one of those cool guys who can do that two finger whistle that I can't do in real life, but Butthole <laughs> can because he's cool. Goblin Jr. was sleeping on, you know, he's found like a corner of the ship that no one really pays too much attention to. So he was sleeping there. Here's the whistle and he pops up on all fours and he starts to run. And then all of a sudden a gargoyle punches through the floor and he like wall runs around it. Just be like snorf in slow motion. So Goblin Jr. darts around the gargoyle, down a flight of stairs, dogs purposes off a gargoyle who's ripping a guy up and lands with you guys with his wrangles up. He's snarling. He's ready to rock and roll. Billy Fingers has been riding him like a cowboy. He's still a little drunk. I'm going to get you guys to roll initiative now, please. 21 for Quinny. 12 for Butthole. Top of the round, Quinny. I think he says enough, but it's in two voices all at once. One is Quinny's, one is Manny's, but they have two different meanings where Quinny is like, enough, I'm trying to do something here. And Manny's like, enough, I want a soul. So I think he completely reverts back to his regular form, like his eyes are fine and teeth are fine and whatever. But takes out his two daggers and is going to run for the door and lean up against the wall. And I'd like to hold action for the gargoyles to come through. Next up, we've got the gargoyles. So they're finishing off the guy on the ground. Yeah, he is now dead. Butthole. I'm going to stand next to Quinny and then I just like roar at the top of my lungs and then my whole body, I just start farting rapid fire and it's just individual little hammers over and over and over and over again until a field of hammers starts spinning all around me that Quinny and Juniper are both safe within as as I cast hammer guardians around myself. So it's 15 feet in all directions. Nice. Nice. That brings us to the third gargoyle. Having seen his compatriots finish the one that he pulled through the wall, he's going to fly you, Butthole. He has a flight speed of 60. He gets cut to half when he enters the field at 15. He'd be, he'd be able to get to me. So he has to make a wisdom saving throw when he enters the field, DC 16. Uh, he does not. He takes 
17 radiant damage as he gets pummeled by spiritual hammers. Oh, and I've got my hammer in one hand and shield in the other. Obviously, I'm throwing it down, baby. Yep. So the gargoyle, you can almost see the chips get knocked off it as the tiny hammers just go to town. But you can tell that the uh, effects of magic against it are good. It gets pummeled as it comes up to you. It's going to take one slash at you and then attempt to bite you. What's your AC? 21. It will miss with both. If we want to imagine the fantasy version, it slashes and I bash it aside with the shield and it goes for the bite. And then I just swing the shield forward so it ends up biting on the top of the shield. Like it's just held out a little bit. Yeah, it's like a fresh tooth that it bites down on. It looks like a monkey trying to get around a shield and I won't let it. Yeah, you stop that monkey. (laughs) He's getting hit by little hammers. (laughs) Great. Juniper, you've kind of made it roughly to safety. You're able to turn back around. You see Butthole engaging with Gargoyle at close range. What do you do? Let's just pick off these gargoyles one at a time. So I will take... My long sword, and I am going to give two slashes at that gargoyle. Yep, and it is magical. It's a magic weapon? Yes. Great. 22 to hit? Yes, that'll hit. And the second is 13. No. All right, so that's 12 damage. You strike a blow. You can feel the gargoyle kind of resist the slashing damage, but as your sword glows, you manage to carve a trench across it. Cool. Can I use my held action? Go ahead. I'm going to step in between butthole and the gargoyle because I'm small. I get to do that. Yeah, we've practiced. I got the shield out, so there's space. So just from underneath the shield, I'm just going to drive both of my daggers up into this beast. So I'm actually going to do like two weapon fighting. So the first dagger gets my proficiency, but the second one doesn't. That's great. Okay. That's a 19 on the die. Yep, that'll hit. And the second one, just a straight die. Roll 11. Um, no. 10 damage. You drive your daggers up as they hit the stone. You can feel the blades almost ricochet away. You still managed to do damage, but not as much as you'd hoped. Okay. Which brings us to the top of the round. Quinny. I'm going to attack again. Cool. Go ahead. Both daggers. The first one with my proficiency is 13. No dice. And the second one, just a straight roll, 17. 17 will hit. And that still triggers sneak attack because it's a new turn for me. A little better. 12 damage. 12 damage. Okay. Same problem, but you managed to score some damage, but it's not as effective as as you'd hope. On this new turn, I'm going to use my movement that I have now to back through Butthole's legs and get behind him. Cool. So it's Butthole in front. Just the way God wanted it. (laughs) (laughs) Brings us to the next two gargoyles who just finished the guy down the hall. One of them will disappear back through the hole in the wall. The other will rush in to join attacking Juniper. Great. It's got to pass a wisdom saving throw. It sure does. He does pass. All right. He still takes damage, though. He will take six points of radiant damage because that's half of the amount I rolled. Because he passed, yeah. Yeah, because he passed. Yep. So Juniper, he reaches you going for double slash. Neither will hit. Yes. Which brings us to Butthole. Raising Moonlight Bringer in my free hand, still with this thing stuck on the shield, it just like glows bright because it can glow like a torch whenever I want. It doesn't cost me anything. I love this magical weapon. And I just want to smash this fucking guy right in front of me, right on the head. 26 to hit. That'll hit. And because I'm in a delightful world where Moonhammer's majesty can charge one attack per turn, this one's got that extra fart magic in it. So it will do nine damage from the weapon strike itself and an additional eight damage from the power of Moonhammer. It shatters under the fury of Moonhammer, cracking and cascading down in animated chips as it shatters. Amazing. And at the same time, I'm just like, a fart appears on the rear of the hammer and just swings it to the side to take a swing at the other gargoyle that's been taking its shots at Juniper. Yep. 23 to hit. That will hit. And it does a total of... 
Nine damage from the glowing moonlight bringer. Sound damage. That brings us to Gargoyle 3, who just got exploded. Juniper. I'll just take two shots at its neck. Sure. Just decapitate that thing. I don't know. Go for it. I will cast Divine Smite at level three for the first one. So the first attack is 26 to hit. Second is 15. Both will hit. So damage for the first one. Five slashing damage and 15 radiant damage. You cleave its head off its shoulders oh. with the first strike. And the second one's just flashy for show. Yeah, the, the second one bats the head against a yeah. wall and makes it shatter. <laughs> uh, so the gargoyle's body slumps to the ground in front of you. The deck shakes a bit. It's stone. So we're going to drop out of initiative order. You can hear the sounds of combat throughout the ship. The ship is keeling to one side, and you can hear sort of a, a series of explosions at distance. I'm sprinting down the hall to engineering. I'm going to stay a little bit behind and grab Juniper's shoulder now that Quinny will be out of earshot. I'm like, mm-hmm. engineering's where the explosions are coming from. We can save the day if we get this evil contract signed by somebody else and Bucky. We might be able to fool him, but Manny's sort of aware, so I'm not sure that that's going to work. we got to stop this ship from sinking and then find someone evil we can make sign a page. Well, Leanne's not Leanne. Oh, God damn it. Uh, <laughs> Quinny, we gotta go to cargo. He like does like a whips around. Yep. What? Just trust me. <sighs> and just takes off to cargo instead. We're gonna follow, obviously. So you book it back down the hallways. You can hear now that there are clearly combat actions happening throughout the ship. You can even hear the guns kicking occasionally from the gunnery deck. Shit. It would seem that there are more gargoyles or other things outside the ship attacking it. You burst into the cargo room. You can see a bunch of crates that have been destroyed. The mannequin still has like a clearly shitty half-finished coat. You suspect that the bad half was stitched by someone who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing because Leanne fucking knows coats. The cargo room is actually empty now. The Leanne creature is gone. Quinny's going to come in panning like, all right, we're at the cargo room. What do we do, butthole? We need to find Leanne. She's not here. She was supposed to be here. Uh... What, what the fuck? <laughs> we're going down. Here, give me your paper. Give me the paper that's got to get signed. Give me the paper. I throw the contract at him and I'm going to run to engineering. <laughs> Great. I'm going to follow him to engineering. I'm just glad I have that on me. Can you roll me a perception check as you go? 19. As you go to leave, your foot squishes on something, and you look down, and you can see there's blood leaking out of the bottom of one of the crates. Oh, man, I am busting that crate open. So you rip off the lid and open it up, and you can see that Leanne's body has been stuffed into the bottom of the crate. <gasps> she does look freshly killed. So I look down at Leanne, and I'm just like, damn it! And I reach down. She's not, like, missing a head or anything, right? No, she's just been stabbed, stabbed a through bunch. the heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, oh. so I, I rest a hand on both of her shoulders, and I just yell, moon hammer! Give it back! Uh, And all of the swirling hammers around me zoom into her body simultaneously. And then her whole body just blasts red hell light and some fart smell. And I cast Revivify. As long as she died within the last minute, she returns to life with one health point. Okay. Sorry, one sec. I need to know something about that spell on my end. Oh, if she died of old age, it won't save her. (laughs) This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and RDM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J A H Z Z A R 
are, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Look to the sea. Wayland's assembled a team. They're inside already. This was a risky gamble. There will be consequences for the both of you. Mm, don't threaten me with a good time. You said this would be a quick in and out job! Did, did, did I say that? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I'm drawing a blank here, Johnny. Peace of mind. Is that what you call it? You think that what you've given me is peace of mind? I knew you'd come out on the other side. That's just you, right? You never give up. Unless you're giving up on me. It's always raining in Neo-Atlantis. It can't rain all the time. That'll be enough, Mr. Indri. Enough conversation. You have a job to do. Finish it. Kill them. Return Alex Webb to us. The sentiment will surely get me killed in the process, but I mean... None of us get out of this life alive. Am I right? Cybernautica Breakwall, Cybernautica Undertow. A production of Red Fathom Entertainment. Presented by the Fable and Folly Network. Listen to both complete series now. Welcome to Neo Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs>